professional speakers <laughs> going out to visit us. Well, they're kind of just, I think they're just keeping on moving around until they find a country that they like. Because these got so this is Jen and Joel, they're over here. Come on out, guys. Come on out. Give them a, let's give them a round of applause. <laughs> these guys are, are absolute champions. They're actually pommies, but they now live in New Zealand and uh, kind of been connecting in with our, like our kind of church network. Um, yeah, so Karen and I have just really kind of connected with them over the last 12 months or so. Um, so yeah, it's really it's really cool to have you guys here and to you know let you do whatever whatever you're gonna do. Maybe I should say this afterwards, but yeah, hopefully it's gonna be awesome. <laughs> um, Joel is introducing me by the way just a whole new vocabulary. Like he called me geezer the other day, and I was I thought he was insulting me, but it's actually like that's like a, it's like mate, which I had no idea. A geezer is a good thing. So so geezer. It's all yours. Jeez. So they've, they've, they've not even known us a year and they've, they've given us a free reign at the front of their church. I mean, do you want to? Are you good, Dan? The first ones, I've just got a few photos to show to start, just um, to introduce us a little bit. So I'm Jen and this is Joel. And this was, that was us when we were at university. We got married at university. So we were 20. Um, we lived in Southampton, moved there for uni, and yeah, got married, got stuck into church there. Loved church. Really, it was really great for me because I grew up in the country, so I had no one really my age growing up who was a Christian and went off and did my own thing for a while. And then I met Joel. Brought me down the straight into the straight and narrow. Um, <laughs> and we settled in Southampton. Real, we were real kind of like we bought a house, did it up. We were real kind of like build into the community type people, that's who we are. Um, we had our two boys, Sonny and Leo, and then Joel said one day, oh, let's go to New Zealand. Um, which I was like, no way, I'm, not, I'm really not a traveling type of person. I didn't do the gap year thing. I didn't ever want to do that, really. I wasn't the backpacking type. And neither were you, really, were you? No. Um, and so when Joel, Joel's trained as a structural engineer, so he was like, I'm ready to do something a bit different. The earthquake happened in Christchurch, and he was like, I really want to go out there and, um, you know, learn seismic engineering, which I can't spell. Joel's told me from the notes. Don't know, don't tell me. No, no, no. S-Y-S-E-I-Z-M-I-C. I just was just, it's just my notes. Um, so yeah, Joel's the clever one. <laughs> um, oh, hold on, oh, go on then. Oh, I was just going to tell a bit about Bilbo Baggins. So I just, I was like, no, no, we're not going to go. But then I felt God say to me, "Well, we watched The Hobbit. Have you all seen The Hobbit? These guys are watching with their kids. I'm really jealous. I'm so jealous they got to that stage." Um, yeah, and, uh, you know, Gandalf says to Bilbo, do you want to go on an adventure? And I was just like, and he, the first thing he says is, no way, I'm not going. It's too risky. I just, I like where I am. And that was how I felt. I just, I like where I am. UK, this is great. I know what I'm doing. And I just couldn't, like Bilbo, I couldn't say no to the adventure. Gosh, I get emotional when I talk about it. I couldn't say no. You know, I didn't want to miss out on what God had for us. Yeah, so, yeah, so uh, I guess, so we've now been there in New Zealand like four and a half years, so, 
you know, like it's it's a while. And when we first went out, like we we talked to these guys this week, like we said we said we'd do three or four years kind of thing, and we're at four and a half years, and um, just started a business in in the last year kind of thing, and um, just sort of inadvertently started a church as well, and and that and and that's kind of that's kind of um, I guess part of the link with us being here in the first place because we met these guys last year. Um, so we're from Pioneer, back home in the UK, and ju- it's just weird how it works out, but um, someone we know back home had met Caro, and then it was like, oh, there's the Australian, oh, hang on, it's only three hours, you know, and then, and then the next thing we know, we were, we were over, and for us, it was, it was amazing, because we just kind of started this, this, this sort of fledgling church up, and it was, it, we were just completely following our nose as to, as to what we were doing, we were just making it up, like, we just we just felt like that was the that was the thing to do, and I think it was really significant for us last year. I don't know how many of you guys have been to the conference, but it just it was it was a real like um, milestone for us in terms of feeling like we were connected to something. And it's it's kind of weird in a way, you know, because obviously Aussies it's cl- it's close, but it's a different country. But I think for the first time we really felt like we had connected with people kind of like, like-minded and, and were wanting just the same heart, really. You know, the outworkings were very different. Um, so, yeah, we've been doing that. Well, how long have we been doing that? Three years? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, church, yeah, I won't, I won't dwell on it too long, but it, it's definitely different, right? So, um, so we, we just really wanted to create a place where it was open and invitational for people to really get involved in it. So, it doesn't look conventional at all. Um, so we, we kind of, on a Sunday, we do three um, what we call church out and abouts. And the whole thing is, like, we could be anywhere in the city or, or, or outside of the city, just, but just getting together. And typically it's like, I don't know, going on a walk or, like, doing bike stuff with the kids. or And then we'll have kind of like a morning tea thing with it. And, and the whole thing is it's just an open f- forum and format for people to come. To come and get involved, and then on the fourth Sunday, so it's just just literally once a month we do messy church. I don't know if you guys sort of know the thing, theory of messy church; it's pretty pretty self-explanatory. But we just do that at our house again. There's, it's probably maybe a touch geared more towards the kids, but with that kind of wider family thing. And so, no, this, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Where was I getting to? Yeah, so that's kind of what we do, and. You know, like it's it's it really started out with just like two or three families, and it and and the core of it still is really. But I guess we've just started to see, particularly in the last year, that just a few few more people coming along and just being a bit more interested. You know, we we call it church. It's like, you know, it's not what people, you know, this can't be church, um, but that's cool. We we roll we roll with it, and um, you know, we just we just follow our nose kind of thing. Um. So I was really excited about coming out here again this year. After last year, it had been such a big deal for us. Um, God had really spoken to us about going back and actually building, you know, actually making it a thing that we're going to do this. We're going to actually lead church, which is not really what we wanted to do, I don't think. But we were like, okay, we've got people here. We've, got, we've met Luke and Carol. We've connected with Pioneer. We're going to do it. Um, so coming back this year is really exciting for us, and we are especially really excited to be here with you guys and I just want to set a bit of expectation for what we're going to speak about this morning because, this, oh yeah, this evening, confusing. Um, <laughs> because it wasn't easy for us to get here, okay? I just, want to, I just want to let you guys know this, since about three and a half weeks ago, I realized my passport was out of date. 
okay? And I've got an English passport, so I looked up online, four weeks to get a new passport. That's the kind of guidelines they give you. So I rang up straight away, I was like, I need an emergency travel document. And the guy said, no, you need to get a renewal. So I was like, he's like, you've got three and a half weeks, you might get it back in time. I was like, okay. So I did all the, all the stuff to get my passport back. It was in the process. Then I got a couple of parking fines, um, dropped my phone down the toilet. Um, I realized the boys' passports didn't have six months on them. Um, and then my hair straighteners broke. <laughs> the worst. <laughs> um, and also, I actually have quite a lot of anxiety around travel. Remember, I'm not, I'm not a backpacker. So I was actually really stressing out. Three and a half weeks of not, no passports. We've got no, we couldn't get our visas then to come to Aussie because we have to get... Yeah, oh. So there's been a lot of things going on. And I was just stressing. Because I just really felt like God wanted us to be here again. This is where we're going to be. Um, so I just said to God one day, I said, look, I was driving the kids to school and I said, look, God, I really need something from you to know I'm going to be an Aussie. Okay, I really need, that's what they call it in New Zealand, by the way, Aussie. We've learned that's not something you guys say, but so, sorry about that. Um, yeah, and I pulled into a coffee shop with a friend and a coffee shop I don't normally go to. It's a bit flash and they don't really, they frown on children. So I don't ever go there, but I didn't have any kids. So I went into this coffee shop and I bumped into somebody I knew and she stood up and she said, oh, so funny to see you. I had a dream about you last night. You were in Aussie. And I just, oh, I like burst into tears because that's what I do, eh, Luke? I just <laughs> cry everything. And he said, I said, you are kidding me. She said, well, actually, it was just Joel. It was a picture of Joel in Australia. And I was like, no. <laughs> and she was like, no, don't worry. You were taking the picture. You were definitely in Aussie. <laughs> like, but I just was so thankful to God that he gave me this thing, you know, this thing to hold on to that we were going to be here. And I just feel so excited to be with you guys today because last year when we came, you guys were such a blessing to us. Carrie picked us up from the airport and Craig dropped us off and people lent us their, you know, took us everywhere in their car and fed us and looked after our kids. And I just want to thank you, church. Thank you, Port Central, for being good to us. It was a real blessing for us. So get back to you. Okay, so today we're going to talk on Zacchaeus. Now let's get into it. Do you want to read? Yeah, I'll I'll read. Um, So Zacchaeus, um, Caro said about, you you know, you guys have been doing stories, Jesus stories. And uh, Zacchaeus was just the one that we were doing at at church last time. And it was just like, yep, we'll go with that. So that's that's the backstory. So I'll I'll, I'll just, if I got it, if I got it, yeah, I'll, I'll read it. You can read it, but I'll read it. Then, then Jesus entered and walked through Jericho. There was a man there, his name Zacchaeus, the head tax man and quite rich. He wanted desperately to see Jesus, but the crowd was in his way. He was a short man and couldn't see over the crowd, so he ran on ahead and climbed up in a sycamore tree so he could see Jesus when he came by. When Jesus got to the tree, he looked up and said, Zacchaeus, hurry down. Today is my day to be a guest in your home. Zacchaeus scrambled out of the tree, hardly believing his good luck. Delighted to take Jesus home with him. Everyone who saw the incident was indignant and grumped. What business does he have getting cozy with this crook? Zacchaeus just stood there, a little stunned. He stammered apologetically, Master, I give away half my income to the poor, and if I'm caught cheating, I pay four times the damages. Jesus said, 
Today is salvation day in this home. Here he is, Zacchaeus, son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to find and restore the lost. Oh, thanks, Joel. So if we put the next... So I'm just going to talk about the invitation here, that Je- the, what Jesus says in this. And then Joel's going to look at um, Zacchaeus' response. So let me just... Okay, so Zacchaeus is up the tree, and Jesus is walking down the crowded street, and Jesus calls his name Zacchaeus. So next slide for me, please. Thanks. Zacchaeus. So this is like going to an Ed Sheeran conference, a conference, uh, concert, and Ed Sheeran saying your name. Like, I don't know if any of you had Ed Sheeran here recently. Did you guys? Yeah, go to Melbourne. Anyone go to Melbourne? Was he in Melbourne or Sydney? Or did he? I know he was in Melbourne because I went to the Dunedin one and he said that um, we were louder than Melbourne. So uh, we were like, oh, yes. So I just imagine this. This is a crowded street and Jesus is walking down it. Some random man's up a tree and Jesus says his name, Zacchaeus. He calls him by name. Okay, it's like, I, that's what I picture. I picture Ed Sheeran on the stage going, Hey, Jen. Jen. Me. <laughs> you know, that's kind of how... <laughs> that's, what, that's, what, that's the kind of big picture, if you think about it like that. That's the kind of... That's the scene we're talking about. Jesus called him by name. I just think that's so cool. So I've just got a, a verse here. This is... Jesus knows us by name. He'd not met him before, but he knew him by name. And Psalm 139 here says... You shape me first inside and out. You form me in my mother's womb. I thank you, high God. You're breathtaking. Body and soul, I am marvelously made. I worship in adoration. What a creation. You know me inside and out. You know every bone in my body. You know exactly how I was made. You know I love to cry. <laughs> bit by bit. How I was sculpted from nothing into something like an open book. You watched me grow from conception to birth. All the stages of my life were spread out before you. The days of my life all prepared before I'd even lived one day. So this is Jesus, okay? He knows Zacchaeus. He knows you. He knows me. That is the Jesus that is here with us. He knows what we've done today. He knows our history. He knows what we love. He knows what we hate. He knows all the details. He, know, he knew that my hair straighteners were important to me because on the Friday, we were traveling at 12. We had to be at, oh no, well, we had to be at the airport at 2. And I picked up my hair straighteners. They were fixed by half past 12. Boom. I was so pleased. And I just, I know that's silly to somebody who doesn't have any hair. But for me, <laughs> I was just really pleased about that. That was a real thank you Jesus moment. You know, he knows us. He loves us. He's in the details. Um, yeah. So one of the ways I've connected with Jesus through this recently is by doing something that I love. Okay, so I want to think, think about things that you love. Jesus loves to do them with us. Okay, and one of the things I love is interiors. I really love, like, making spaces look nice, which is why I really appreciate the space you've got here. I think it's beautiful. I love the eclectic chairs and the lights, and I think you've done such a lovely job making this a lovely space. Um, so I love looking through like interior magazines and that kind of thing and just gazing and dreaming and wishing and things. 
And I felt like God said, you can do this with me. This can be part of our time together when, you know, you're prepping for church or you're praying or whatever. You can look at magazines. That's okay. I love, I love it when you do that. So I was like, okay. So I just, um, Bev, who I'm connected with in the UK, she said to me, yeah, just when you do it, just ask God to speak to you about what you like. So one of the things, um, I was looking through a magazine once. I don't think it was actually this picture, but it was similar. And I just spotted that picture of the lioness. Um, in the frame, and I thought, oh, I just, I just cut it out and stuck it in my little sketchbook. Oh, I like that picture. Maybe I could find something similar to that one day. And I just thought, oh, yeah, God, what do you want to say to me about that picture? What do you want to say to me, to Jen? And I just felt like he spoke into me about being the leader of my pride and, like, church leadership for me. That was something I didn't really want to do. And I was not very confident in doing it, but I just felt like God say, You've, you're, a, you're a mother here, you're like a lioness, and you look after your pride, you go out and hunt, and you bring the food in for your tribe, and you're about feeding and nurturing your tribe. It's, it's cool. The lionesses are cool. So I just was really encouraged that God wanted to say that to me just through looking in an interior magazine. And I just want to encourage you that we can do that in those little things, you know, in the details, the things that we love. God wants to speak to us in the things that we love because he knows us. So the next thing, um, is there a next slide? Did I take those ones out? Oh, yeah, I don't know whether I should do this or not. I'll just move on to the next bit because I'll talk too long. So the next one, sorry, hurry down. So the next thing Jesus says is hurry down. He wants to be close to us. He knows us and he wants to connect with us. He said this to Zacchaeus, hurry down, Zacchaeus. Come on, come be with me. That is how Jesus feels about us. He's not like, just take your time there. Just, I'll, you know, I've got other things to do. He's, hurry down, come on, let's make every moment count. Let's hang out with each other. And that is how he feels about us, guys. That's how he feels about you. That's how he feels about me. There's a bit in the shack. I don't know if you guys have read the book or watched that, watched the film. Um, I'm really glad I read the book first because it got, I felt like I got a lot more out of it, the book, through, uh, through, a lot more out of the film through reading the book first. Um, so if you haven't read it, do. Read it, read it, do, yeah. Um, but there's a bit in the shack where they're sitting down and he's having a meal with Jesus and, and God, Papa, and with the Holy Spirit. And he says, yeah, so you know me. You know everything about me. So what's the point of me talking to you if you know what I'm going to say? And they just said, well, we love hearing it through your eyes. We love hearing you talk about your kids through your eyes and through your experience. We love that. We just love it. It's just good to us. And so I was just reminded that that thing about hurry down, he knows what we're going to do. He knows we're going to trip and fall or, you know, walk perfectly back from the tree. You know, he knows what's, how quickly we're going to be. But he just, he really wants to spend time with us. You know, he, he loves to do that. And then the next thing he says is, um, is there anywhere? oh, yeah. So, yeah, this is just the story of the lost sheep. I just thought it would be good to remind us of this, that, you know, the 99 sheep, we always think of those, the lost, you know, that don't know Jesus, you know, yet. But we're also that one that he goes looking for. So I just felt to remind us today that we're that one he goes looking for. He'd leave the 99 for you. He'd leave the 99 for me. That's who he is. That's how much he, he wants to be with us. 
Okay, and the next bit he says, um, yeah, he wants to be close. Next bit is, he says, today is my day to be a guest in your home. <laughs> oh, oh, guys, hello. <laughs> hello, darling. Do you need to go to the toilet? Oh, this is Pippa. Do you want to say hello? No. Sunny and Leo and Pippa. So, um, I grew up with my mum. If ever anyone came over to the house, she would like have it fully vacuumed, pristine. You know, like looking sweet. Yeah, she. And then if someone was turning up like unannounced. She could hear them coming up the driveway. She'd be like, getting the vacuum out. Come on, quick. You know, she'd be stressing. I don't know if anyone else had a mum like that or a dad or is that person. But um, I'm now a little bit like that. <laughs> but I, um, that thing about being a guest in your home is quite important. When we invite people into our home, we're inviting them into our personal space. Eh? It's, our, it's our space. And we want to be looking good. You know, I want to be, you know, interiors is obviously quite important to me. So I want to have the house looking nice. Um, but one of the things I've learnt, especially living with Joel, and we also actually live with another family. We bought a house with another family in Christchurch, and they have three kids, and we have three kids, and it's mental. <laughs> um, you know, I've had to learn to to let the the mess be okay, and you know, be, and to invite people around and not worry about there being some washing up that still needs doing or a dishwasher that's broken or I haven't cooked dinner and you know I've I've learned that and actually one of the things I've I've learned is that I really like doing those things with my guests so I love to invite people around and then for them to join in cooking with me you know that makes me feel like we're closer I don't know if you guys know what I mean but I really love it reminds me of because when we moved to New Zealand there I didn't have those kind of people you'd get invited around for dinner and it'd be quite pristine and they'd have a meal prepared and that kind of thing but once you get to that point with a relationship where you can invite someone around and you haven't got a meal prepared like with Luke and Carrie we've turned up this week and it's been wonderful I said to them I just feel so at home with them because they haven't worried about like they're like today Luke was like should we have well, we feel like oh <laughs> maybe they have but Luke should we have bruschetta for lunch I'm like yes okay and you know they're just oh, I just oh, should we give the kids toasties yes you know, that makes me just feel really at ease and comfortable in the house, that they're just really relaxed like that. And I want to be... Are you holding this for me? You know, I, I think when Jesus is asking... Him, I actually need to hold that. Thanks. Sorry, Pippa's just trying to hold When Jesus is saying here, I want to be a guest in your home, he just wants to come and be with us. He's, he's inviting us into a real thing here, a real deal. Um... I've got a bit distracted, sorry, because it's Pippa. Um, yeah, so just do we want to be real with him? That's, I think, the invitation. I think Jesus is asking Zacchaeus here, do we want to be real with him? Here you go. Is, is everyone still awake? Sort of. I'll, 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 keep, it, I'll keep it pretty brief. Um, it just naturally kind of worked out that, I don't know, Jen sort of seemed to naturally sort of work towards Jesus and his invitation to us and I found myself thinking about Zacchaeus and his response and I think just to sort of say at the start it's like it's like anything in our walk right like Jesus is always he's always like that with us but there's there's also an onus on us right to 
to have that response and to, and to kind of be ready. So I've just picked out two things uh, which are kind of like his, like Zacchaeus' response, which I think we can really hear and, and, and learn from about how, how he was, because not everyone that interacted with Jesus was like this. And I, reading it about it, I want to be like this, you know? So it said, it said about Zacchaeus that he ran on ahead and climbed up in a sycamore tree so he could see Jesus when he came by. And I guess I've just, you know, like I was just, I was just focused on that for a while and I, I was asking God about, you know, what, you know, what is that, you know? And the, I think the context is important there. You know, this guy, this guy is sort of um, everything that the Jews kind of hate. He's a, he's a tax collector, so he represents the, the Roman government. And here, here he is, he's, he's, he's really kind of laying down his dignity, I suppose, you know, to run on ahead. So he's, he's, he's seeing he's coming, so he's getting prepared, he's ready. So he's run on ahead, and then he's got up in a tree, which is not the sort of thing that someone of that social standing would do, you know? Like, you know, if you picture it, it's weird. It is a bit weird. And when I thought about it, like I was talking to Jen about it, I think we go next slide, is it's the sort of thing, this is Sonny, and he, so he's our eldest, and he, uh, he loves climbing trees, like he's, it's scary, like at times. I think there's another picture which is a bit, yeah, so that, that there's, there's some scale, there's some scale for you there. Uh, that was, that was freaky, that one. But it's, um, this is a bit of a side as his dad, like I, want, I sort of want to, I'm like scared, but I want to encourage it because he's adventurous, you know, but, but it's, it struck me that he, Zacchaeus there, in that moment, he's got that childlike spirit, you know? He's like, he senses something inside of him, and he's like, I need to get that tree. I need, I need to get that tree. And there's all sorts of metaphors there for us, like in our, in our lives and that. But, you know, like it's that question of, you know, do we want to be up the tree? Do we want to go that extra thing? Because Jesus is around. He's here. He's doing something, you know? And, and I just kind of felt like, the real at the center of what he's got there is it's that sense of hungry you know like he's he's hungry like he's he's lived a certain life and it's it's made him very rich but he's not happy he's he can he can he can recognize that it's not brought him fulfillment and he's has that hunger in that moment so that's cool you know being hungry and so and I was like yeah so that's cool it's cool to be hungry but I found myself asking the question, you know, what, what makes us hungry? What makes us hungry as, as Christians? And, and if we're not hungry, how do we get the hunger? And, you know, if we are hungry, how do we help other people be hungry, you know? Um, and and, I, and I, 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 couldn't really, I couldn't really get there until Jen, Jen said to me, and she said, I think the, the main thing for me that it starts with is it's recognizing our need for Jesus. So that is, that's like the starting point. And... Um, that, that verse, uh, it's Matthew 5, I don't know if we got it. Yeah, so I, I never really understood, I, know, I don't know about you guys, but I never really understood that NIV version to particularly well. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for they shall see God. M- maybe you guys are more spiritual than me. Um, but then I, I read it in the New Living Translation, and that really, that really meant a lot, you know. God blesses those who recognize their need for him. So this is where hunger starts. We recognize our need for Jesus, okay? Um, challenging, you know? On the daily, that's, that's a challenge. And this is real, it's got real, it got real personal for me at this point because 
the last two years in particular has been really hard for me and I've, I've had a real rough, uh, rough time, you know, like probably all sorts of factors, you know, like uh, leaving country, you know, and le- leaving family and friends and starting a church, just like lots of, lots of things. And, and I, I, I'll be really honest with you, like I, I hit a complete brick wall probably 18 months ago now and got completely, oh, yeah, I had a nervous breakdown was essentially what happened. And it's like just completely rocked my world, you know, and, and like it's, easy, it's easier now to reflect on what was going on there. But I think at the heart of it really, it was that sense of just trying to do it all by myself, you know, like trying to make things happen, trying to like drive things across that whole swathe of life, you know. And it, and it wasn't just any one particular thing that sent me over the edge, but just the culmination of that stuff. And it was, you know, like I didn't, I don't know, I didn't sleep for like three months kind of thing. It was, it was a pretty, pretty tough time. It was pretty, pretty humbling, you know, because I've always been that sort of person that's a high achiever and likes to get things done and likes to tick, tick the boxes and move on to the next thing. And so I've been really confronted with it. And so this, is, this, has become, this, became, this has become quite personal for me in the sense that I'm having to learn or relearn about recognizing my need for Jesus. Like, I need him. I need him in my life, and, and we all need him. And the world needs him. And, you know, some of us know it, some of us don't. Some of us know it and aren't doing anything about it. Some of us are on that journey. And, you know, like, for me, it's a complete reset. And I've, I've realized, yeah, I thought I was going along well. Going along well with God. It's all, it's all good. And then, bang, I hit a brick wall and confronting. So... Hunger starts with, our, with us recognizing our need for Jesus, so we need him. Two, two, two other things on this hunger thing. I asked him, is everyone still awake? Still, yeah. Two other things on this hunger thing is that I, I found myself thinking about was, you know, what makes us hungry in the natural? Well, it's obvious to say, but not eating and exercising, okay? And so it's weird, okay? <laughs> you know, we're not men of wheat, but I, I just kind of felt like God was saying, we're not meant to eat rubbish, is, is kind of what I, what I got to. And it's quite topical because since on the, on the day that I came, I was joking with Cara that I'd had two lots of McDonald's in one day. So I kicked off the day with a Mega Mac in New Zealand and finished the day with a Big Mac in Australia. <laughs> um, but I was thinking about that yesterday, you know, like it's that thing of, of making sure we're not f- um, feeding ourselves on, on rubbish. And, and that, look, you know, that looks different for all of us. Um, but it's, it's, it's feeding from the good stuff. And there's this weird like, kind of paradox thing of like, being hungry, but he feeds us. You know? like, he's the bread of life, but we want to be hungry for him. So I, I, don't, I haven't figured that one out, and I, maybe we're not many. Um, got that? And exercise... Exercise, I really just felt was like, you know, you think about someone that exercises a lot, like that guy. So, oh, here we go. You might, you might, you might recognise the guy on the right. Facebook steal. Yeah. But like, honed athletes like Luke, you know, it's like training. It's like training. Um, so I don't want to go too hard on that, but I think there's an element of here of like practicing our hunger so like so part of that is not feeding on rubbish and being like spending time with God hanging out with other godly people you know not exclusively of course but it's just kind of recognizing that and um, I 
being able to acknowledge that in the first place, I think, is where that starts. So that goes on and on, but they're just a little taster there. And one key line I've got in here, we are made for community. We need each other to stay hungry. So you, I, can, I can see that already that in, in, this, in this church, and we've only been here like an hour or whatever, but that's fantastic. And you've got to keep doing that. And, you, and keep sharing our brokenness with each other is really key in that, I think, is keep, keep that hunger going, you know? Like, let's not... Like, I don't want to be the sort of person that's... I've got it all together. And I probably had got to a point where I'd got it all together and I've hit a brick wall and I'm like... The reset button is on. Okay, one other aspect, and I, and then and then we'll then we'll then we'll be done. Um. So, next slide. Okay. So another part of his ah. So master. So this is after Jesus has talked to him. I think maybe it'd be next house. I don't know. Master, I give away half my income to the poor, and if I'm caught cheating, I pay four times the damages. So what I've got written here is. Notice that the external proof of Zacchaeus's salvation was his generosity. Challenged, again, because it's like, I've gone that far in my mind where I'm thinking, you know, like, it, it, it should be a real identifier, a real marker of being a Christian, someone that's captured that grace message, that we're generous people, and like it's, like I can go along thinking, yeah, you know, I'm kind of generous. And then something like this will come up again, and I'm like, I'm challenged again, you know, like, am I, am I really generous? And um, it got me thinking about, I'm skipping on a bit here, but Mark 12, 40, I don't know what's up next here. Maybe it's not on there. I just, it, it just, what, the way I do this, like, I just, things just going like this, like, jumping around from, oh, that goes on to that, so just bear with me. Mark 12, 41, that's the story of the widow who, who gives. It says, Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched a crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts. But a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in in everything, all she had to live on. Again, like bang, it's like challenge. It's like challenging, isn't it? And and I, that's the kind of the point I felt to get across. Really, was that we've all got stuff to give, right? Like every one of us, and you know, we're, we're all kind of we've all got different stuff. So you know, the, the obvious things are money, time, skills, and that kind of thing. And I started this thing with, you know, let's be, let's be challenged again to think about what we've got and what we can give away. But the heart, I think, that Jesus really wants to get at is what, what, maybe, what's a co- maybe what's a cost for us to give away is, is a good place to think about. So for me, I was thinking about this as a challenge. So Jen touched on it earlier, but we've, we've started a business in the last year, and it's a structural engineering business. And it's been great. It's been really good. It's been flipping hard. So we had one month there where, there was, well, there's one week where it was like, we've got eight bucks in our account and like, we need to buy food tomorrow. And then the mortgage is going out Tuesday and the rubber hits the road there, you know, like, because that's one of those moments you're not in control. Like, you just like, you have to pray. And so for, for me, and like, 
for me, I'm challenged to, 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 to continue to give from that place of feeling the rawness, you know? And that's what I think he's getting at here with this, 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 this widow. She put in a tiny, tiny amount compared to other people. But in terms of what it cost her, that was massive. And that's why he, point, he pointed her out and said that was a generous generous thing to give and I don't know who wants to be who wants to be like that me for sure but am I you know there's a there's a challenge there um because it's you know it's, it's easy to give what you've got a lot of isn't it and this is that jumping around thing of me again but I'm just was reminded I think it was King David that said I will not give to the Lord that which cost me nothing I think it's when does anyone know about a piece of land or something I think um, that was getting given to him, and he he he, um, he basically said, "Look, I'm not. You're not giving it to me for free. It's got to cost me something because whatever I give to God needs to cost me something." And that that's that again. I think is the heart of this about it it costing us something. I think that's that's something. So that's us. Did it make any sense? Maybe. What's that? Yeah. Um, this will give Jolly a bit of time to think because he's a bit of a prophetic man. Let's have a little. Yeah. <laughs> um, one of the things about this story for me that was really important about the generosity thing was that Zacchaeus started this story um, an empty man. You know, he was striving in his own in his own um, strength. Yeah, he was. You know, he was going for power and success and status and wealth. And he was doing whatever he could to get it. You know, he was stealing and not being nice about it. But when Jesus comes, he then has this fullness that he responds out of. So he's suddenly now full when Jesus says to him, come and hang out in my home. This is your name. I know you and I love you. He suddenly, his security and his identity and his value is not suddenly needed to be something that is out of what he does and who the things he's getting himself. But suddenly his value is, you know, it's full up. And out of that fullness, he can give, you know. He's not looking for himself anymore because he's empty. He's looking to give out because he's full. Does that make sense? I was just, I heard that the other day, someone say that the other day to me, and I was just like, yeah, if we are... If we are full on knowing who we are, then we can give from fullness all the time. You know, we're not looking for ourselves, we're not looking for our time or our money to satisfy our own our own selves, but we're we are responding out of this fullness. So I just gonna pray that for us now. So if you guys feel like responding to that today, let's just stand. Let's just ask the Holy Spirit to come and just to fill us because I need it. You know, we need it every day, reminding of who we are. So if you just want to respond, just put your hands out, shut your eyes, put your hands up, I don't know, whatever you feel comfortable doing, but let's just respond to Jesus um, this morning. So God, I just thank you. Jesus, I thank you that you know who we are, that you know our name, you know every hair on our head, you know the day we've had. God, I thank you that you know us, that you love us, that you want to be with us that being with us makes you happy, it delights you. 
And so, God, I just pray you will fill us with the knowledge, with the, the knowing, the knowing it in our knower, deep down, in our head, in our heart, in our bones, that, you, that we are loved, that you have chosen us, and that we have a purpose and a destiny and good stories to come because you love us. And I pray, Father, for the generosity, that thing that costs us, that that will come and that will flow out of the fullness of knowing who we are. And uh, just, we just, just want to acknowledge, Lord, that the, um, you model generosity to us in, a, in, in, in such an amazing way that your grace for us is just beyond our comprehension. You know, we can't, we can't wrap our heads around how much you love us and, and how much you've um, done for us and forgiven us. So, Father, I just pray um, that you'd, you continue to instill something in our hearts, something of this, this generosity that is just, you know, it's so countercultural, you know. This, this Western world is consume and save. I just pray, Lord, that I, I already feel like these, these guys have got this. Um, but there's always more, you know. Like, look at that widow, what she gave. It was, it was incredible. And just continue to grow our generosity, Lord. May it, be, may it be surprising. May it be confusing. May it be, um, yeah, just something that other people can't wrap their heads around. And, and it's because you've, You've done it. You've been so open-handed with us, Lord, that we just want to be open-handed with each other and with the people around us. And, and yeah, yeah. I, I guess I just, I, I just had, I had that thought really then. That I, I mean, I don't know any of you. Got, I know Luke and Caro, of course. But I kind of feel like you, you, you get this. You know, this, this, this generosity thing. And, and that's amazing because not everyone does, you know. Like I, I personally think there's, there's no, there should be no such thing as a stingy Christian, you know. You know we should we should really we should really give, and I and I feel and I feel you've got that. And I, I just the thing I love is like with God, there's always there is always more, you know. There's all there's always there's always more, and that's what's that's what's cool. So I just honour you. For your generosity, and also say there'll be more, you know, and 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 take take the take that step of you know take that step of faith in it all. That's the that's the thing. It's that faith challenge to to give when it costs us is amazing. It's an amazing thing. Thank you. Thanks, Jen and Giles. Challenging, isn't it? To give. It's very good. Thank you. <laughs>